Hey guys, this is sort of the unofficial part two of last week's episode, which was six things that you need to review in your business, six business metrics to consider as you are looking back over the past year. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would actually pause this episode and go back and listen to that first because Today, I'm going to be talking about setting goals for the next year, and I think that it's really important before you set your goals for the next year to actually consider the year in review. So if you haven't gone back, it's episode 137. You can find it on your podcast player, or you can go to thiscan'tbethathard.com slash podcast slash 137 to listen to that episode. And then today we're going to dive into the six tips that you can use for setting goals that you will actually keep. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Okay, I am sure that I am not alone when I think back on the goals that I have set for myself over the years and how spotty (laughs) I've been when it comes to actually keeping those goals. Generally speaking, I do a pretty good job, at least these days, of setting goals and then chasing after them and sticking to them. But part of that has to do with the fact that I have gotten a lot more honest with myself about what kinds of goals are actually important to me and then committing to them in a bigger way. But I didn't do that overnight. I didn't learn that overnight. I used to set goals that were based a lot on just you know, I'm going to knuckle down and I'm going to get it done. I basically was relying entirely on willpower. And, you know, there have been all kinds of studies about goals and willpower and how successful people are with keeping their goals that show basically that willpower itself is only good for so much. There's, you know, you got, you have like a couple of weeks worth of willpower built in. And then what happens is that willpower gets very quickly derailed as soon as something goes wrong. If something in your personal life goes haywire, your business goals can fall off because if you're only relying on willpower, physically speaking, it uses up tons of calories. Like you are trying very hard to fight your standard urges or your fault. And willpower requires like a lot of your energy So when your energy inevitably gets directed towards something else, willpower falls apart. So what I want to share with you today are some strategies that I have started to implement in my own goal setting that have been really helpful in creating kind of a scaffolding to support me actually achieving those goals. The first thing that I want to share is kind of a fun exercise and this again I I know that maybe I maybe you're laughing on the inside at the way that I sit down and like assess last year and look at next year 
But I really enjoy this process. I find that especially on the heels of what is usually a very busy time in life in that last week of the year or the first couple of weeks of the new year to sit down and just reflect, I find to be a very rewarding kind of experience. Even if not everything is easy to reflect on, just the taking the, the time to sit and meditate on how things are going generally gives me this sense of empowerment. Like, okay, I'm not perfect. Things aren't going perfectly, but I know what's happening and knowing what's going on means that I can start to build from there. So like I said, the very first thing that I like to do is sit down and imagine what a wildly successful version of you know, me or my business or whatever, since we're talking about business stuff, we'll stick to our business. Imagine what a wildly successful version of your business would look like if we hit the fast forward button and came to this time next year. So, you know, it's the holiday season again, you've finished up your busy season again, and you are looking back over we're in 2021 right now. So you'll you'll be looking back over 2022. And what, what would define success for you? And I don't mean like small goal success. I want you to think really big and um, and imagine what it would be if your business were great next year. So, you know, from that, I want you to make a wish list. Is it that you are looking back over 2022 and you're thinking like, wow, that was great. I only worked during regular business hours and I had all my evenings and weekends off and was able to spend them with the people that I love. Or maybe it is that throughout 2022, you managed to outsource, offload (laughs) all of the tasks in your business that you don't enjoy, that don't bring you joy, that you're not great at. You got a bookkeeper, you got an editor, you hired somebody to write your newsletter for you, whatever those things may be. You in at the end of 2022 are like, thank goodness I don't have to do any of that anymore. Or maybe your wildly successful self looks back at your ledger and you made twice as much money next year as you did this year. Whatever those things are, and it does not have to be one, I actually want you to think through all the facets of your business. If you did the exercises that we talked about last week, you know, you're going to be thinking about what your accomplishments were, what the what your favorite clients, who your favorite clients were to work with. And maybe, you know, one of your wishes is that you're only working with clients that are as good as that um, that best client from this year. Next year, that's your standard, right? It's not the outlier. So you make this wish list. And then the second step is that you are going to rank those wishes in order of importance to you. So, you know, maybe the money part is really the most important part. You need to, to grow the income piece of your business or make your expenses smaller. Or maybe reining in your work hours is really, really important to you and the money part comes further down the list. Whatever it is, and this is about building a business that works for you, you know, something that you enjoy that is true to who you are and your values, 
you need to rank your wishes in order of importance. So what's the most important? What's the least important? And everything in between. And then step three is that you take those wishes and you convert them into goals. And the way that we do that is that we add specifics. So for a goal like, you know, outsource all of your non-photo related tasks or all of the tasks in your business that you don't like, you need to then list those tasks out. So I want you to get hyper specific on what those, you know, what the tasks are and then put those in order of importance to you. What's the first thing you want to get off your plate? What's the next thing you want to get off your plate? For a goal that is related to your time, you know, you want to add time parameters. I generally find that it's easier to say, you know, I only work between the hours of nine and five or nine and three than it is to say I work five hours a day. Because when I have a clock time that I can assign to start time and stop time, it's easier for me to rein it in. Whereas if I say I only work five hours a day, work can bleed, right? It can kind of like bleed into other tasks and, well, I wasn't really working that whole hour. So I would encourage you if you're trying to limit your time that you really put hard and fast punch in, punch out kinds of time parameters on your workday. And obviously, you know, that's not always going to work perfectly. Sometimes you're going to have a session that starts before or goes after your work hours. I totally get that. But if you create sort of an ideal version of your schedule and hold yourself to that standard, you will get better at sticking to that over time. So aim high. (laughs) What's the phrase like? Aim for the moon, shoot for the moon, and you'll land among the stars, even if you don't get to the moon, whatever. I said that in a, in a lame way. But anyway, so that, that's the, that's the way that I like to set up time goals. And that brings us to the fourth step, which I think is the most important step of all. In the beginning, I was talking about how willpower fades because it requires so much energy and so much attention and all of that sort of thing. And inevitably, we we lose that. The counterpoint to just relying on your willpower is to really get hyper clear about why these goals are important to you. Because something that's really important to you is something that you will intrinsically want to keep working toward. So what we're going to do for step four is we are going to sit down with each one of those wishes or goals, now that we've gotten them clarified into goals, we are going to sit down and write out what it would mean in our lives if each of those wishes came true, if each of those goals were actually achieved. Most goals worth achieving require a certain amount of tenacity, right? It's not, these things aren't going to just happen overnight. And that tenacity really requires deep motivation. If your wish is to, you know, make a certain amount of money, what problem would that money solve? Or what freedom would that money afford you? What would it, what would it mean in your life if you had that money? And what you can then do once you get clear on what goal you're really trying to achieve is that you can go back to your goals and add a so that phrase. 
So, you know, I will only work from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. on weekdays so that I can spend time with my kids each day after school and never miss, uh, you know, a, a practice or a recital. I will make $150,000 in 2022 so that I can max out my reti- retirement contributions and take finally take that trip that I've been, you know, dreaming about since the pandemic started. I know it may seem kind of silly to write that as part of the goal, but what I will eventually want is for you to be revisiting these goals and it is shockingly easy to kind of lose sight of the why behind why we set these goals. But if you put them into the goals that you are looking back on regularly, it will help to reignite your motivation. It will help to keep you going. Step five is that I want you to take those big goals, you know, I will make $150,000 and use it to create your small goals over the course of the year. So you know what your goals are, you know why you want to achieve them. This is where we drill down and we figure out how we're going to go about doing that. So there's that, you know, I think it's Annie Dillard who said, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend spend our lives. And that's 100% applicable when it comes to achieving big goals. We have to take small steps every day in order to get to those goals. And it can often seem in the moment like we're not really making any progress. But if we are intentional about taking those steps every day, every week, we will be so much more likely to get to those big goals faster. Doesn't feel like it, but that's the way it works. I have talked on here before about how I use the Full Focus Planner by Michael Hyatt, and I'll link that in the show notes. The full focus planner is a physical planner. And one of the things that I really like the best about it is that he takes the strategy, takes this sort of um, top down approach to creating our daily task list. We start with your annual goals. You, you write out these very specific goals and all that sort of thing. And then we divide those into quarterly goals. And from the quarterly goals, we create weekly goals. And from the weekly goals, we plan our daily activities. And uh, I have said this before as well. I am not perfect with this planner, but I have now been using it for two years. And it has been a very helpful tool, not only in just planning my to-dos and sort of getting that all organized, but really in the way that I think about goals. It has changed my mindset about how I approach the big goals. And it has turned that into a much more intentional process. So if you have a planner that you like and you use, great, stick with that. If you don't, and this seems like something that would work well for you, I would encourage you to give it a shot. It really is... um, I find it to be a nice ritual. Every Sunday, I sit down and plan my week. And when I'm doing that, I am looking both at my quarterly and my annual goals, and I'm making sure that the activities that I'm building into my week are serving those goals, have those goals, the big goals in mind. And then the final step of this six-step process is that I want you to commit to yourself that you are going to go all in. 
One of the most valuable lessons that I have learned as an entrepreneur is that my first idea (laughs) is very rarely my best idea. So as I was saying, you know, I set these quarterly goals for all four quarters at the beginning of the year, but I also schedule time each quarter at the beginning of the quarter to evaluate whether that quarter's gold goals that I set, you know, three months ago or six months ago or nine months ago are still the right quarterly goals. I give myself the permission to course correct if what I initially thought was going to be the roadmap for the year isn't working out to be the actual roadmap for the year. And I think that um, I can still hold the annual goal in mind, especially when I have written out the why, right? Um, And I can say, okay, I'm in a different place right now than I thought I was going to be. So how do I adjust what I'm going to do this quarter to get closer or close to achieving that annual goal, to get me back on track for that annual goal? Or maybe I'm even further ahead than I thought I would be at that point. So then I can set my sights a little bit higher or give myself some more time off or something like that. Being willing to to stay flexible around those goals gives you the uh, the ability the high a higher probability of success in achieving the big goals. I think being super rigid about this is what has to happen right now not only is it not serving you but it's it's not realistic. I have recently added reviewing my quarterly and annual goals into my weekly practice like I was talking about and um and that really helps me make micro adjustments to my weekly plans as well as my quarterly plans. So whereas before I was kind of only doing that four times a year, now I'm really doing it each and every week. And I think that that added intention and that added level of flexibility has continued to push me in the right direction toward achieving my goals. You know, and every time that I am reviewing those goals, that helps me say yes to the things that move me closer and no to the rest. And there is so much power in that no, because I especially think that as we move away from the beginning of the year and as we get into the trenches of our lives <laughs> and our businesses, we tend to become more reactive, right? This is a proactive time of year, but when you get away from the proactivity and you get into more reactivity, it's so much easier to get bogged down in stuff that people are asking of you, in things that people are telling you you should do, and you take on stuff that is not serving your bigger goals. That weekly review of what my big goals are has just changed the way that I uh, operate completely. So I recommend that very highly. And as a quick reminder, if uh, if your goals for this coming year include adding new clients to your roster or finding better clients that are more of your bluebirds, I have a totally free, hopefully very fun little gift that I am putting together for you uh, called the January Jumpstart, which is going to be a short video that comes direct to your inbox every day. It's just daily marketing inspiration that will not require that you do that in in that same time, but it's just going to hopefully get your wheels turning during that slow season about how you're going to be bringing more clients in over the course of 2022. 
So if you are interested in getting that, um, go to thiscan'tbethathard.com slash jumpstart to sign up. All I need is your name and your email address, and you will be on the list. Those emails are starting January 1st. You are not going to want to miss it. Have a great week. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.